everybody. Welcome to God's Imagers. This podcast is a community platform for Christians to share what God is doing in their lives. Together, we hope to learn more about what it means to represent God as we live in His kingdom. Our vision is for us as a community to become passionate about following King Jesus. We invite you to join us as we explore what it means to live as God's imagers. Today on the podcast, we are discussing the topic of Halloween. Our guest today is Steve Stutzman. He is a minister and counselor with the Straight Paths Foundation. He's joined in the studio by Caleb Martin and myself, Nelson Miller. We are looking at the Christian response to Halloween and what it means to represent God during this season. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were at Walmart and we're just getting groceries, we're doing our thing, we're getting you know a few items and we're checking out and we noticed the cashier was really distracted. She kept looking back at this other cashier who was helping another customer. And this is in October. And finally we pay and the cashier hollers over to the other and said, what was their bill? And we didn't know what she was talking about. So here, this person had three shopping carts full of Halloween decorations. Their bill was $603. And when I heard that, it really made me think, what is that person thinking? It was really serious. I really seriously thought about that. What is going through that person's mind? That they are compelled to go in here and spend that kind of money to put this trash all over their yard. And that's really what started this conversation. So I asked Caleb here if he thought that would be a good topic because we're in October here. And then some other things come up. And it just seemed like someone else was telling me how, oh, when they were younger, they went trick-or-treating. and Oh, it was a fun night. So I started processing it. And that's where we are, and that's why we're here, to maybe bring some clarity to the situation as Christians, as members of God's kingdom, we're God's imagers, but how do we reflect God in a season of Halloween? One of the things we want to start with is kind of what Halloween is and its origins, where did it come from? Yeah, I don't know, Steve, if you have a good definition for Halloween, where it came from. Well, you have an interesting thing there with your $300. Do you have $600? Do you have any idea how much Americans spend on Halloween? Billions, maybe. Roughly $10 billion this year. (laughs) Wow. So that's part of the reason that it exists, because it has become a marketing tool and a way to make money. I mean, mean, let's just be really blunt. Something that generates $10 billion is probably not going away overnight. So that's kind of a little bit about where it's at now. As far as the history, there was an emperor named Focus, and he took the Roman Pantheon, which was a huge domed temple with great big pillars in about 680 It was a temple to Jupiter. Mm -hmm. And he took out all of the statues of Jupiter and gave it to the church. Now, if you Hmm. follow history at all, you know that about 300 AD is really when the church took a serious turn into the dark. Mm -hmm. So now this is 300 years later, and you've got this guy saying, my, we're, we're such good friends with the Christians, let's just take a demon temple and make it a god temple. Sound like a great idea. So they took all the statues out of Jupiter and gave it to the church. And the church uh, brought a lot of bones from saints that were buried under the city. Mm -hmm. 
and they buried him in this pantheon or in this temple. And mm. in honor of that, they began this thing of having a day to remember the saints. Okay. Okay. So a hundred years later, next century anyway, Pope Gregory the Third says, we're going to do this on November the 1st. So November the 1st became All Saints Day. Now, this is an interesting thing because it is recognized by Catholics worldwide, okay. Anglicans, Methodist, Church of the Nazarene, Lutherans, Reformed, Eastern Orthodox, Byzantine, Eastern Catholic. They don't all keep the same day, but they all have a Saints Day hmm. because they say that the saints on earth are still connected to the saints in heaven, so we need to have some way to remember them. Now, obviously, in some of the religious circles, things went horribly dark, and they began to make images to the people and try to pray through the saints mm. and all that nonsense. Mm -hmm. And so they have statues and candles and whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's how the All Saints Day thing came to be. So this is November the 1st. Okay. Now, not long after that, they are trying to take this whole Catholicism thing into England and Ireland. And they are going to convert the people. And the Catholic view of conversion basically has been, you go along with me, I'll cut your head off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Okay, so I've you're going to convert. Yeah. But wherever they went in the world, whether it was with the Mayans in South America or Incas, they would go in and take their rituals and practices and demonic stuff and just kind of merge it with the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. So they've been doing this for a long time which is where a lot of the questions come in. Well, anyway, they took a Druid festival in which they're actually, in that Druid festival's history, there was child sacrifice, the firstborn being sacrificed and all that. Mm -hmm. So over a period of many thousands of years, actually, the Druids and the demon worshipers, I mean, let's just be real blunt, yeah. <laughs> believed that on that time of the month, on that time of the year, at the end of October, the veil between the afterlife and this life gets thin. Mm -hmm. And so they actually started to believe that it was thin enough that those people could come back and manifest things and torment people that humbugged them in their life and all this kind of thing. So they came up with this sacrifice thing to try to pacify this and keep it all away. And then they dress up in certain ways to try to scare off evil spirits. It seemed like a real bad idea to me, but I'm sure it made sense to somebody. And so the Catholic Church already had this November 1st thing, which is Saints Day. So the night before it obviously becomes a hallowed evening or Halloween. Mm. And they simply took the festival practices of the Druids, the cutting out the jack-o'-lanterns, the lighting of candles, the dressing up, the foolishness in whatever, and they just merged it all together and made it Halloween. And it became a big thing in the U.S. when there was a exodus of people from Ireland that hmm. came over here. They were really the ones that brought it here and made it turn into a big thing in the U.S. So that's a little bit of the history of it. So the Saints' Day and the time of the year where this veil was thin merged on October 31st. And that's where we get all this fear and all these things associated with it. Interesting. I did not know that. You know, one of the things I suppose you can have a discussion about is origins. Do origins matter? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and someone might say, sure, Halloween has these bad origins, but we have so many other things in our culture that has 
not as Christian of origins as we would like. For example, even the days of the week um, are named after Roman gods. So what would you say to someone who says, sure, it has bad origins, but I mean, that was a thousand years ago, 1500 years ago. Hmm. I don't know. What do you want me to say? (laughs) It sounds to me like you're asking if we're doing it innocently now, whatever they did then, that's okay. We're not bad like that. You know, we're, we're just having fun. We had some questions that, you know, on this podcast, we always have opportunity for you to have questions ahead of time. But one of the questions was, okay, so Halloween has these, you might say, mixed origins where it was Christian and pagan. But doesn't Easter and Christmas have these same mixed pagan and confusing origins? But yet we celebrate them. Christians, it's okay to celebrate Easter and Christmas. But Halloween, what's the deal with that? But I really don't think that's a fair question, is it? I don't know. I mean, that's that's actually the way I grew up. Okay. My dad would say, um, you know, like as far as Easter being the right time of the year, wrong time mm. of the year, it didn't matter. Christmas being the wrong time of the year, right time of the year. Um, but he was pretty clear about separating between the parts of that that are pagan and the parts of it that aren't Christian. So he had no issues mm. with sitting there reading to us the story of the birth of Jesus. Okay. He didn't have an issue with family getting together and celebrating or whatever, but there was not any of the things that could be determined as pagan allowed in our house. Mm-hmm. So he separated them mm-hmm. the same way with Easter. You know, we would say, okay, hallelujah, Jesus, I'm glad that Jesus laid down his life. Uh, you know, the, the passion, that, that whole, you know, is, is a wonderful thing and the mm-hmm. resurrection power and first day of the week. That's all a wonderful thing, but where's the bunny come in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's with the eggs? And so, like that, that stuff was always cut out of our life. We didn't have that. Okay, we could make whatever we wanted out of the rest of it, but that part was cut out. And so, I think that brings up this idea of innocence. This idea that it, it's we're doing trick or treating, and we're taking our kids out, and they're getting candy, and it's just a nice time of year. It's fall. The weather's cool. We can just get out together. So there's this innocent factor. So is it possible to participate in Halloween innocently? (laughs) (laughs) You know, as I am wont to say, in my endearing humility, I have no idea. But in my insufferable pomposity, I have an opinion. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say that probably one of the things that we are not understanding about some of these kinds of things that we're talking about here today is the spiritual component. Okay. Because when it comes to, you know, if you're out here and you back up and don't realize somebody's soccer ball is there and you run over it, Hmm. well, that was an innocent mistake. Hmm. But if you do something that translates into the spirit world as a communication, it doesn't matter what you know. Hmm. And that's a thing that I think probably people don't understand. Paul went to a lot of work to try to explain that to people saying, don't you know that the things that people sacrifice to idols, they Mm -hmm. sacrifice to devils. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In other words, there's actually a devil standing behind that idol. And you want to be a little bit careful what you do there. You don't don't get all bent out of shape about it, but be a little bit careful because this is a spirit Mm -hmm. world you're dealing with. So there's this notion out there that if something comes from the underworld, from the demonic realm, Mm -hmm that we as Christians are supposed to bring it in and whitewash it and own it. Hmm. And I run across that all the time, people saying that. And I keep scratching my head and saying, where would you go 
in New Testament scripture mm-hmm. to get the idea. But I'm trying to locate anything anywhere ever that came from the dark side that God adopted. Because it seems to me like God is the creator and Satan is the twister. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're corrupt, supposed to be... corrupts everything right. that's good. He's the corrupter, right. Yeah. And so why we would be going after corruption and trying to whitewash it, it creates a dissonance there that I don't know how to even relate to. So when I come to something like this, it seems pretty clear to me, but I realize there's people that have a whole bunch of different views mm-hmm. on it. So mm-hmm. I'll let you guys talk about And you're about saying that. it's not innocent in the spiritual realm. Well, let me throw this out in the middle of this because mm-hmm. we're having mm-hmm. this discussion about it. In the process of what I do, mm-hmm. I end up working with more people than I wish I had to that were involved in SRA, satanic ritual abuse, and without any exceptions whatsoever, they go to pieces over Halloween. Interesting. And they will all tell you this is a horrible time of the year. And if you, you can go online and look up all kinds of people from the satanic side of things in Satan worship and whatever else that got converted, and they will all tell you the same thing. There's really no ambiguity about it. Hmm. They know that this is going on this time of the year. So some of these people, I'm going to be in the next couple of weeks messaging, trying to spend time with, making sure that they're on the level because this is a bad time okay. of the year for them. And there's there's things that go on even in today's world around this time that you and I would rather not believe happen. Okay, yeah. I can see what you're saying there. Sometimes we think, yeah, what we don't know. Well, I should say it differently. We don't know a lot of things that are going on. So maybe what we do know, we see it as innocent. And we're looking at just this small part of it and we're saying, well, it's just so innocent. It's just candy. And maybe what we're saying here tonight, it's it's not just candy. There's more to it. And if we knew more, we would respond differently. We would respond differently. Very good point. Mm-hmm. So then there's all kinds of responses. There's the response of, okay, so in my borough where I live, they, the borough announces on their Facebook page <laughs> that Halloween trick-or-treating is from 6 to 8 p.m. Okay, so I live in town. You know, I'm thinking, okay, I'll turn the light off and no one will ever come. I'll go to bed and just not even think about it. I don't want to deal with it. Or there's the other side of like, oh, okay, I just get some Bible tracks and, you know, put them into some, you know, tape them onto some Snickers or something and hand them out to the children. And, or even we could even take it a step further and at church plan some sort of alternative where we dress up as John the Baptist and, you know, <laughs> these Bible characters and, or, you know, there's all these responses and these different types of participations. And it's a struggle for me to know even what to do. I mean, I think for me personally, I'm, we lived at this house city last year and I left the light on and I decided that whoever comes, I will gladly talk to that person. Now I'm not going out and, you know, advertising mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, taking advantage of this day, but I'm also not going to bed. You know, I think we even prayed about it last year on the night that our borough said, whoever would, you know, come to our house, that however God wants to use me, you know, let it be so. And I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm, there's all these different responses. Or is there a right or wrong response? I, in my opinion, I think it's a good idea for us to stop looking at so many issues as right and wrong and more to think about it as wise 
or foolish? Is mm. this a, a wise decision to make or is this a foolish decision to make and think about it more as a direction and kind of pull back the focus a little bit? As you went through some of those things, dress up parties, mm-hmm. um, handing out tracks, we have to be careful from what you said about the origins. Here these Christians go into Ireland and they see this culture. Oh, we want to be a part of this. How can we be a part of this? They incorporate it into their culture. And I think a mm. lot of times, even today, we can do the same thing. Mm. Oh, here's a nice festival. <laughs> How can we incorporate this into our church and have these costume parties and have this Christianized version of our culture's pagan festival today, even though we don't live in Ireland? For one thing, you're acknowledging that this one day out of the year, it's okay to switch sides. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I see people doing all kinds of things. I really like what you said about stopping looking at things as right and wrong and start looking at wise or foolish. And I would throw in there as an addendum to that. Look at things as an issue of agreement. Hmm. Who are you coming into agreement with? If you make a decision in your life, who are you coming into agreement with? Because a lot of things in life don't have to do with right and wrong. They have to do with who are you coming into agreement Hmm. with. So that's just one of the things I know that I hear all kinds of things in churches, like all the way from a church that set up their own hell house Mm -hmm. and were running people through there and trying to scare the hell out of them. And at the end, they're sitting there praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit. And the kids that went through there needed deliverance because they had things come into them that were not in any way holy. Mm -hmm. And we had some of those people come through some of our stuff and it was a serious problem. It was ours of work. It's hard to imagine what would go through how anyone sitting on that committee for the Hell House could think, yeah, this is a good idea. This will bring people in. I, I was it's so, so far, aghast. I just, yeah, I would But then on the other hand, I hear people doing things that get me excited. There's a place out here in Western Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania, Eastern Ohio. They get together. It's a yearly thing. They get together on that afternoon at about five o'clock. They have supper together and they worship till midnight. Mm-hmm. And they sing so and praise the Lord. The, that's and, more of like a church community, not. But it's it's, it's really, not like they're going into the parade. And, no, huh? and, and no, they're just like that. Yeah, yeah they, right. I don't know if they do it the same place or not, but mm-hmm. I'm hearing a lot of really good things coming out yeah. of that. Well, see, now that doesn't sound to me like maybe what I was thinking, what I'm hearing people are doing. Where it's almost like this mesh of mm-hmm. of the two things, kind yeah. of like what we talked about with the origins. It's like the crossover uh, starts to bother me. But then I hear people, and that's why I think about agreement. I heard one person who actually really surprised me. They said, "I don't want anything to do with the ghosts and goblins and gals and demons mm-hmm. and darkness and whatever." So they went out on the side of their garage and they set up a projector and showed the Jesus film. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and people are coming by and they're sitting there eating their candy and looking at the Jesus film. I thought, well, that's kind of a different thing. They ended up with a whole bunch of people gathered around there and talking about this and even talking about the conflict that it created. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's pretty creative right there. That's interesting. There would be a conflict of, like you call it agreement, or I might say yeah, presence. Yeah. A conflict of yes. presence. Like even when you were talking about this hell house there, they come through it and then they're praying the Holy Spirit on them. And it's like, I recently heard someone explain evil as the absence of God's presence. Or you might say it differently as when evil is when you're in rebellion against God's mm-hmm. kingdom. The manifestation of evil, we like to 
personified as Satan. And you know what? It's not just Satan. He is the leader. But I see it more as this complete rebellion against God's kingdom and against God's presence. So one of the things that I was challenged with in thinking about this, I know some people who I should probably be or I can be ashamed, you might say, of how I've responded to them participating. Because have I brought God's Spirit into the situation? Is my life saturated with God's Spirit so much that there's light, life, and love? Mm -hmm. Because those are going to be so contrasted with what they're doing Mm -hmm. that they're going to have to take notice. If I'm really being a representative of God, I really need to be showing at least those three things. And it's going to stand out and that's going to make people question. And it might even make me, if I have love, if I have the love of Jesus, I might go to them and try to explain more coming from it. In that perspective of Jesus, you know, he comes out onto the scene and says, I'm the light of the world. Christianity is all about the resurrection and the light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think my whole thought process around Halloween is that what about Christianity is darkness and death and fear. Nothing. It's the opposite. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Mm -hmm. And we could go on, have no fellowship fellowship with with the unfruitful works of darkness. And it's there in that passage, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's talking about the Holy Spirit being on people, therefore have no fellowship with this darkness. And I keep thinking of it in that perspective of this presence of God in your life and how, and the mixing, like how do they mix? Well, when you look back at that, like the Samhain, the the original thing that the Celtics were doing, the Druids, National Geographic says that they were definitely sacrificing children. Mm. That's National Geographic. That's not some religious nut. The Harper's Encyclopedia of Paranormal says that they were slitting throats and drinking blood. So now the idea that I'm going to, as a Christian, walk around with some kind of fangs on, you know, it's like, does nobody see the conflict here? Mm -hmm. Because to me, it's like, they're celebrating the Lord of the dead. Mm-hmm. How do you make that bridge? I don't not sure how people bridge that mm-hmm. because it seems to me like, and children, very small children will get it. When we right. went out of our way with our children when they were very small mm-hmm. to explain to them what the demonic world is, even so that when they saw stuff at night in their dreams or whatever, we could stop it mm-hmm. for them. And I remember one of the boys, we got a happy meal at McDonald's one time and he wanted his toy you know (laughs) he gets his toy out he looks at it he hops down off his chair and waddles over to the trash can and put it in and he got back over and ate and i said what was that and we just bought him and he said it was demonic wow and i think that if the children if you explain that to them they will turn away from it Mm -hmm. but if it's only Mm. presented as fun Mm. who doesn't want fun Mm -hmm. but if you start to show them the connection Because it seems to me like in anything that has to do with the demonic world, one of the principles that it operates on is more. Mm -hmm. If you reach out and touch it, Mm -hmm. something inside of you will ask for more. So if somebody goes to a party and there's a Ouija board there and they're playing with that, the next year they are going to be driven to Halloween. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It just builds on itself. Yeah. And to your question, how do people make that leap? Because you said it's so distant. It might be that people aren't making the leap just at Halloween. Hmm. And this topic isn't necessarily completely focused at Halloween. Right. Because there are places in our lives where we can see that crossover. And I think we need to stop and notice that and say, wait a second, this isn't right in my life. 
not just what festivals we're celebrating. Um, it but is interesting music how, and it, everything. It, yeah. how it manifests itself at this time of year and it's, it becomes more of an accepted thing. Whereas the rest of the year, like you're saying, it may be in our, in Christians, we may, we're running and hiding, but the world doesn't run and hide. It promotes it. You see these promotions for these horror houses. You called it a hell house. A few years ago, my youth group at church, we were helping out some people with yard work and painting and all that stuff. And we're going to have a campfire. Well, this was in Spring Grove, Pennsylvania, home of the Haunted Mill, in which people come from, I've heard from other states, to this Haunted Mill. I mean, it's horrible. So we're there having our campfire. Across the field, about a half a mile, is this Haunted Mill. And it was horrible. Chainsaws revving the entire night, screams, just, you know, those sounds that kept coming out of that building, just representing evil. And we're just sitting there and honestly had a hard time understanding what was attractive about that. <laughs> like fear, the fear. We see cobwebs, we see skulls, and, and you see these things where it's like someone's arm is like falling off and bleeding mm. out. And what is attractive about that? Yeah, do you want to talk to that? What is the, what <laughs> is the human psychic, the human soul? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's an interesting thing because we're sitting in Effort of Pennsylvania and you guys are not that old. But right up this Mm -hmm. hill here, up at the top, there used to be a hospital. And that thing sat there all the way through the 80s and all the way through the 90s and into the 2000s and nobody would buy it. You know why? Hmm. Because it was haunted. And there was noises and stuff going on in there and somebody would buy it and try and renovate it. And they'd come in the next day and their stuff was all thrown around. So it was torn down. Most of it. There's still a little bit of it there, but it was torn down. This is effort of Pennsylvania. this This isn't something that we manufacture and it's not just an amusement park. Hmm. It's a reality. And it seems to me like most of the time, Satan and his minions would like to either be regarded as extremely real and terrified, have people terrified of them. So you go to Africa, and the witch doctor has all the power, and people won't go outside after dark, and they are terrified of what's going on, and it's very real, and people die from it. We come over here, we laugh at them, and we ignore it and pretend Satan doesn't hmm. exist at all. Hmm. And it seems to me like both cases hmm. he actually enjoys because both of them give him the maximum amount of ability to move around. In their culture, he moves around and holds everybody in terror and fear. In our culture, he moves around and everybody doesn't believe he's there. Mm-hmm. And the fear becomes a joke. And the fear becomes yeah, a joke. And a, so people play with it as a yeah, toy right. until it grabs them. Guess what walks into my office over and over and over? (laughs) I'm having Mm -hmm. panic attacks. Well, Mm. what exactly do you want me to say about that? And this is the kind of thing that's going on. And again, I'm dating myself here as being in a different generation than you guys are. But we did not have a lot of this kind of stuff when I was 16. Mm. When I was 10 or 12, you go back and look at the movies, the horror movies, if you want to call it that, that were made in the 70s or 60s. See, we didn't have that. And all that stuff generated since then, and you have all these books about witchcraft, and you have all the movies about witchcraft, and you have all the horror stuff, and you know you can't hardly go watch a movie mm-hmm. that doesn't have some of that stuff in October. I mean, the whole month is saturated right, with it. Right. So somehow or another, we've become a nation that is obsessed with this thing, and it's always crying for more. Mm-hmm. And that's why the appetite's there, because the appetite always cries for more. And no matter how far people go into it, it's always saying more, more. And so people go into it farther and farther until they're trying to cast spells and they're doing this and that and having seances and calling up demons. And then somewhere it gets a hold of them and they lose their mind 
and then they're going screaming mad and banging their head against the wall, and we don't know what to do with them. Medicate them. So that's kind of, that's probably a little bit the way that it looks to me. I'm going to throw a verse out here that I would like for people to actually think about seriously. What agreement, this is in in 2 Corinthians 6, Mm -hmm. What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is the verse I want. Wherefore come out from among them, And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and be a father unto you. You shall be my sons and daughters. Do you know what that word unclean means? No. It is a Greek word, akarthos, primary meaning demonic. Wow. And God specifically telling the people, if you want me to receive you, stop touching he doesn't say wallowing in he doesn't say embracing he doesn't say practicing he says stop touching the demonic things Mm -hmm. i mean i went all over that word touching and guess what it means touch (laughs) (laughs) no way getting around that (laughs) no it's not saying that people are wallowing the demonic or serving idols or sacrificing children he just says don't touch it and i don't think that we understand in god's economy how huge of a thing this whole deal of messing with the spirit world is to him. It's mm-hmm. it's a really, really big deal. In the Old Testament, they only had to go out and mess with it once, and they were killed. And there's no evidence in the New Testament that God changed his viewpoint. So. Another verse that I don't have this in context, but it's in 1 Thessalonians 5, 22. It just simply says, abstain from all appearance of evil. <laughs> And that brings up something else. If people are questioning, should I be involved in this? Should I do this? Should I go trick-or-treating? I've heard already, if you have to ask the question, you probably shouldn't. The question is probably no. Now, that's a general statement, but I've heard someone say that, and it makes you think. If we're asking the question of how to participate, there's probably something deeper that we need to understand. (laughs) Illegitimate questions always have illegitimate answers. If you ask the wrong question, your answer will be wrong even if it's right. When Satan comes to Eve and says, Yea, hath God said, yeah. that is an illegitimate question. And if you enter into that conversation, you will lose. Right. Huh. You cannot enter the conversation. So when Jesus, when it's his turn and Satan comes to him and says, Turn the stones into bread. It's not an issue if it's right or wrong to make bread out of stones. Jesus can do that all day long. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's not an issue of wrong. It's an issue of agreement. And Jesus comes back to Satan and says, I don't make agreements with you. I make agreements with every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And I think that's where we have to go back to is agreement. Mm. Who is telling you that you should go do this? Where is this impulse coming from? Mm-hmm. Is it coming from heaven? Is it coming from the Spirit of God? Is, is, is the Holy Spirit nudging you to Thank participate you. in this? Yeah. Or is it a culture around you that somehow or another is putting a chokehold on you and saying, if you don't do this, you're a bad parent and you're not letting your children... Mm-hmm. What is it? Right. It's a very good point. What are we agreeing with Who here? said that? Your, Thank you your very much. from the yeah. conference that says, who said that? And, you know, you were teaching that day on hearing the, the two voices, you know. Again, I think it comes down to how we represent God even on a day that is dedicated to the opposite thing, to that rebellion against God and evil. So how are we as Christians going to represent God 
And we may need to ask God, please show me what you want me to do during this season. Do you want me to, like you were saying, put the Jesus movie out? Do you want me to just sit at home and pray during that six to eight when the borough is having their trick or treat? Do you want me to sit on the porch and pray? Should we have a hymn sing? Ask God what seriously what we should do as Christians and just look for these ways where we can glorify God Mm -hmm. rather than like merging the two that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. As we've been talking about this, I've been thinking about the church and the kingdom of God's responsibility. And I think maybe some of our tendency is to say, oh, there's evil, Mm. withdraw, get away, Mm. hide. And if anything, when evil is more present, that should be a call for the church to bring the presence of God to that situation light. much more than they normally do. If there's more evil, we should bring more light. And so I think our listeners should take away from this is this is not a, a, not a place like, to be depressed yeah. in the darkness mm. of our culture. Yeah. This is an opportunity to shine right. um, God's light into, into the dark generation and whether that means showing the Jesus film, whether that means saying we're going to have a prayer meeting this night for our community. These are things we should be thinking about. Again, when we're saturated in God's presence as a Christian, there's going to be love. There's going to be life. And there's going to be this light. And it's not something that we have to try to manufacture. And we don't have to like turn the light brighter during Halloween season. This should be something that is, yeah. <laughs> this is who we are as God's imagers all throughout the year. Amen. Do you have anything to add that you wanted to share? No, I like what you're saying. I think, too, that that carrying the light into the thing and asking God, you know, asking him, what do you want me to do? I want to carry light here. I want to be light. One of the principles in the kingdom of heaven is that we carry weight by virtue of agreement. Mm -hmm. In other words, whatever you agree with, that's what you're giving weight to. Mm. All day long, every day, our life is a vote. We're either voting for light or darkness. With every decision we make, we vote for light, vote for darkness. And so if we understand that and we want to go out and carry light, don't mix it with the dark mm-hmm. because you're casting two votes. You're canceling yourself out. Leave the dark out of it. Just vote for light. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm-hmm.